Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. So it's a little bit of our footage from a a team from the church that went to Indonesia. Thanks for praying with us as we went and as we were there. Uh, What I'd like to do, could we welcome that team that went? So could we welcome them as they come? We had a great group of people represented. Uh, I think I might, if it's okay, I'm going to steal this chair. You guys okay to fill in the rest? We don't really have a signed seat, so we just got to work that out. <laughs> Thank you. Marlene, you want to sit on the couch here? That'd be easier for you. I'm going to hand you the microphone, too, to start. I'm going to talk through some pictures first. Would that be okay? Uh, so while we were there, so in Indonesia, so a couple of things. Number one, Indonesia is very, very far away. So we left uh, here, West Lafayette, jumped on a, a transport, four points, a reindeer shuttle, went up to Chicago here, a 15-hour flight from Chicago to Taipei, Taiwan, spent some time in the airport there. We were very thankful that they had showers at that airport, Try to get renewed, jumped on a plane, got to Jakarta, had transit there, went into uh, Yogyakarta, and then finally eventually made it to our hotel. So it's like 40 hours later, like we've arrived. So it was a long journey. Uh, the, the folks that are on the ground there, the Kemp's, uh, Jamie was at the hotel and, and he said, when we got there, he said, congratulations, you are now at the furthest point away from West Lafayette that you can get in the world. And we're like, yeah, and we feel it. Like, Golly, that was a far, far place to go, but it was amazing to go and to be able to have a great takeaway. So I want you to hear from the team this morning as they share just some of the highlights and things that the Lord uh, was speaking to their hearts. I'm going to run through a couple of pictures. So when we landed, we got there Saturday night, Sunday morning, woke up, we split our team in two and went two different directions, visited with two different Indonesian congregations. So the group that went with me went to the village. Um, I preached there and had a couple of individuals share their testimonies at that space. And uh, then our other team went to a church in the city. Uh, Jamie, uh, one of the, our team members who's helping in Kids Cove this morning, uh, she preached there and then a couple of people shared their testimonies. Uh, But one of the things that uh, I realized very quickly is although I'm kind of tall in America, I'm really tall in Indonesia. (laughs) There's my translator. If I were to go live in Indonesia, I would have to definitely bring my own clothes. Uh, That wouldn't work out there for me. Um, But it was a great space to go to. The other thing we realized very quickly is it is the land of motorbikes. So if you're uh, following me on Instagram or anything, I had posted some of the videos like they are everywhere. And they use them well. So here's a family of four on one motorbike. Actually, that really challenged me. I thought, you know, could I load my three kids up on my motorcycle and take them to... I have not tried that. I'm pretty sure that's illegal, right? Yeah, probably, yeah. So I won't do that. I won't do that. But it's crazy how many people can fit on a motorbike. Uh, The other thing I I thought was interesting is you can carry, like, dinner to go on your motorbike. So we we ran next to this lady who had a chicken in hand while she's going down the road. Like, it's awesome. This is, this is amazing. So it was a fun place to be. And then uh, one of the last shots, we, uh, on our way back, we had a day-long stay. Look at this picture. It's intense. <laughs> Leon met his match in Taipei, Taiwan. Look at Tora's face. 
she's like, I don't know what I'm witnessing right now. Like, Leon's going to talk a little bit about that story here in a moment. We actually, we thought maybe he was missing his cell phone. He left his cell phone here in America. It's a flip phone. You know, you can miss your flip phone. And we realized this guy had one. It was on his belt. So we felt like maybe that was part of the standoff. You know, he's, he's vying for his phone. But what we want to do this morning is we want to hear from uh, the folks that went and just the things that God spoke to their hearts there and continues to speak. So Marlene, would you mind to uh, just share some highlights? Selima Pagi. Is that on? It is. Um, that's good morning in Indonesian. We heard that a lot. Um, we had this beautiful um, breakfast place that we ate every morning uh, behind our hotel. And um, just gorgeous, gorgeous area. Um, but, you know, the hotel was probably not a place you would have stayed in the United States. But, you know, we learned to say, it's Indonesia. And um, that, was a, that was a good thing. And hey, thing for the do. bargain price of $17 a night, yes. we'll take it. It was affordable. <laughs> but it had a very good bed, and it was really reasonably clean and everything. So, you know, <laughs> you can't complain. <laughs> and geckos came free. <laughs> and it had pet gecko, you know? So everything right there. Um, you know, this was something I would do again in a heartbeat. And... Um, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to have gone to Indonesia. Um, when, you know, sometimes with a mission trip, you think, well, you're called to do this. And, you know, I can't say we felt like we were called to do this. Um, but it was just sort of putting one foot in front of the other and the idea that, you know, we'll never do this any younger than, um, <laughs> than we did it. Can I pause you, Marlene? So, so how many mission trips have you gone on? One. This when, is our first When did you one. get a passport in your life? Um, February, March. <laughs> first it is one. never too late to go on mission for God. <laughs> this is called jumping in the deep end of the pool. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was beautiful and it was strange um, and it was just an amazing, amazing opportunity. You know, it's really too soon for us to say what the impact of this is in our lives. And I think probably, you know, all the mission um, team members would say that. And, um, but I think it's transformative. And I would encourage any of you to do something mm -hmm. like this. In fact, as I would encourage all of you to do something like this. Um, I think that the biggest thing is I'm hoping it's giving me a lasting sense of living on mission, mm. um, which is really different for me that way. Um, some specifics. Um, it was really stretching. We had the opportunity to do campus prayer walking three mornings, different universities. Um, Jojagarda is a university town, and so we were at these different universities. But the idea of trusting the Holy Spirit to lead you to the groups of people that you're supposed to talk to was, you know, it was a, it was a stretch. It's just really a stretch to trust the Lord to do that. And so we would come to the campuses and we would stop at the edge of the campus and we would pray and we would declare that territory for the king. And... 
then we would say, Lord, where do we want us to go? And then, you know, you just go cold up to these um, groups of young people. And it was just amazing. They were so open and so warm. And everybody wants a selfie with you. So we never had so many pictures in our lives as that week because everybody wanted a selfie. But it was a stretch to do that. It really, it really was a stretch. Um, another thing that stands out to me in my memory is the connection that we felt with people during the open English classes that we had in the afternoon. This is an international English center and so we um, it was an opportunity with all the team members there to have extra English, native English speakers there. So we would be assigned a group of people and um, we had a script of questions that they would answer, we would answer, and it was an opportunity for them to practice their English and for us to be able sometimes to share a little bit of spiritual content. But it was such a bridge. It was such a connection, and it broke down barriers in my life that I felt talking to somebody who's wearing a hijab. And so that was really a very, very, it was my favorite thing of the week, was the open English classes. It was just very special that way. Um, and so I do believe that I've come back with some barriers in my life reduced to um, Muslim neighbors. And I'm hoping that this is going to be a change in my life to be able to feel more free to, to talk um, with the people that God puts into my life that way. Um, the bookend, we, my husband and I actually sort of have bookend experiences that told us we were supposed to be on this trip. And mine was at the end, so I guess he should be sitting here first, but uh, mine was on the end, on the trip from uh, Jojagarda to Jakarta. Um, Pastor Zach had done all the boarding passes for the trip, and so he kind of mixed us all up so we wouldn't be sitting with the same person on every flight leg. And on this particular one, I was supposed to be sitting next to Tora, Tora at the window, then me, and then Leon. Um, but as it turned out, we got on the plane, there was nobody sitting there, and it was me, then Leon, and then Pastor Zach in front of us, and then Torah in front of Pastor Zach. Well, he already knew, but we didn't know that she wasn't where he put her. Um, but then, not long before the flight started, a Muslim man came and sat down beside me. And I was really kind of intimidated, I guess, because number one, I don't hear well. Number two, I hear worse when my eustachian tubes are plugged up from the, the pressure of the cabin. And I'm thinking, Leon should be sitting here. You know, he'd be able to talk to this man and, you know, it, this is the wrong order. But it wasn't very long after we took off that I knew that I was the right person because he was a mining engineer, he was gonna be away from home for a whole month, and during that month, his wife was gonna have their first baby. Hmm. And so, you know, right away as a woman, I felt that connection, and I was able to say to him that I'll be praying for you, and praying for your wife and the baby. And so we just really had a nice conversation in spite of my horrible hearing. And um, it actually, came to the point where 
uh, we had enough conversation that I was tapped Pastor Zach on the shoulder and said, do you have an Injil with you? Which is the uh, word for the New Testament. And, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to hand this man a New Testament if I'd had one. Um, but, you know, it was really special how God prepared my heart to be able to do that. And I think that I would just encourage all of us to trust the Holy Spirit for how he would prepare us for contacts hmm. and not worry about being prepared for contacts, just trust that he would because as we prepared for this trip, I had um, a little insecurity about some of the bridges material that we had done and so I made some copies and took them on the plane with me between Chicago and um, Taiwan. And, you know, it, and it was just the Lord's preparation because the truth is he brought up some things that were specific things that I covered in that time. And so, you know, God is just really faithful mm, to be able to make these appointments for us and to prepare us for them. Amen. Thank you, Marlene. I'm actually, yeah. <laughs> sure. felt like you mentioned the bookends of the trip. So I think what I'll probably do is just have Leon share and we'll kind of go back down this direction. But it really was neat. So one, as we were unpacking things, Marlene was sharing, you know, on the way there, she would not have probably talked with that guy, but because she had been out prayer walking and interacting with people that prepared her to be good, great to have that conversation. I mean, so the Lord, if we are willing, as we step into those good works he has for us, he'll bring more good works. It's just, are we willing to go there? And, and so part of the other thing, I'm going to hand you the microphone. Um, as we were going through, so we went through six weeks of training before we ever went about how do you bridge your faith as a Christian with somebody of a, a Muslim background. And so we were going through that and they were talking about a neighbor that they had had, a Muslim neighbor, that they were kind of relenting like, man, I wish we would have known some of this content before because he's moved and we have no way of getting in touch with him. So I'm going to, that's your opener. <laughs> Guess who showed up at the Sheraton, now four points, going to Chicago, the same uh, trip up there that we were. It was the neighbor that he just mentioned. Hadn't seen him for four years, four and a half years. Lived next to him for seven years. Became a good friend, but when he moved away, there was no contact. But the Lord put him right back in our lives. Now that's a mission that we have now. If you want to call it being on point, there's been a contact between us, but only texting. It's very interesting. He's from the Middle East where you can't grow much and as he's moved here, he planted a bunch of trees in the yard next to us, peaches, apples, and things, and some are growing well, um, some are not. The neighbor that's there now doesn't take care of him like Sahib did, but that's the way it goes. Um, but his backyard, he doesn't mow his backyard right here in town. It's all covered with vegetables and tomatoes and peppers, and oh, he just grows everything he can. And he brought us a really nice supply. We weren't at home. He left them in the at the front door and now we're still eating and enjoying them. So we, we must return Jesus to him yet. Amen. we get that started. Amen. Um, so you can see the bookends of the trip that they were talking about. Before we ever got on the airplane, Marlene and I knew this is where we were supposed to be. We weren't sure exactly why until that happened. If nothing else happened in between, that's okay. But God filled up our lives with a bunch of stuff. Um, the pictures that you saw of the gentleman that was, <laughs> had, 
hilarious. Um, that's a little crazy because the cell phone in his pocket, I didn't take mine along. As in, in, you know what my cell phone's like. It's just like that one, right there, see? Real modern. <laughs> you, can, you can bail it in a bale of hay and it comes out and it's still okay. <laughs> and uh, so that started that conversation. But it turns out he was a retired General Motors engineer from Detroit. And my brother-in-law is a retired General Motors engineer from Delco in Kokomo. And so I knew a lot about that and we had some great conversation about it. Obviously, he was pointing in one direction and I wanted him to go in another. Um, didn't get to share Jesus with him, but we, we had a good, good conversation. It puts you on point, though. And I want to say that because that's at the end, I'll say it again. Being on point all your life is what Jesus is about. Being on point. I'm retired from teaching, but I'm not retired from being on point. Um, one more thing, um, put new, uh, new uh, meaning in the word I am. Now, you have to, she started with uh, a greeting, and one of the words in Indonesia that I am, that's chicken. So the great I am. Uh, I didn't share that in the first service, and I was going to, <laughs> but obviously... It's, there's an inroad there that I didn't know, but I've got one now. Um, chicken is everything in uh, there. They have chicken, I don't know, 100 different ways, maybe more. Um, and I promise not to eat chicken until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to let... Oh, by the way, getting to know this group is awesome. The, 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 the going on a trip like that where you're packed in a, a van for... <laughs> six days together, you get to know each other. You know, you think you know a little bit about pastor. You need to spend six days with him and you'll really know a lot. Or maybe you don't, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, by the way, Shelly, you're all good. You're all good. Um, this lady, Stacy, was, uh, uh, attended our Bethel Christian Life Center before this building was built. She was ministering to the youth. I knew that, but I never made the connection to Stacy Gaines because she was quite wise before her name was Wisdom. <laughs> and now I know. Oh, thanks. With that. <laughs> thanks, Leon. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I was one of the um, groups that went to the Village Church on Sunday morning. And we had uh, prepared our testimonies before we left. And I had prepared just kind of my salvation story of how I met Jesus and how he's refined my life through the years. And on the way up, the Holy Spirit was like, I don't, that's not what I want you to share. I, have, I want you to share about how I called you out of higher education um, and what you're doing now. And I'm like, God, that's not what I prepared. Like, <laughs> if you know me at all, I am prepared. And I did not get to prepare about this. So I'm, we had about an hour drive on the way up and I'm asking Zach like what's the kernel of wheat verse like I couldn't even remember the verse and I knew that that was the verse that he wanted me to kind of base my testimony around the kernel of wheat verse is unless a, a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it will remain just one seed but if it dies it will produce many and so I was able to share my testimony of that kind of calling me out of higher education, allowing what I thought was my life really to die. And now the Lord has brought me into a place where I have time to be able to really focus on what he wants me to do, um, 
to be able to make disciples, to be able to uh, teach others to make disciples and so forth, to com- even with my own children. Um, and I think in that respect, this trip really showed me without any reservation in my heart what he's doing with our church body right now is exactly what he wants us to be doing in terms of becoming everyday disciple makers because it's not a harvest that he's calling us to bring. He's not asking us to bring this big harvest. He's asking us to sow many seeds. Um, And so all we have to do is be responsible for that piece, the sowing of the seeds. We don't have to bring in the harvest. He's going to do that. He promises to do that. Um, So that was definitely a, a major point. The other piece that was really impactful to me was the United States is like revered over there. Everything, anything Hollywood, they're like, this is the most coolest thing in the world. And they drop names and we're kind of like, we have no idea who that is, <laughs> but yay, that's awesome. So it's very Hollywood, it's very much revered. And I just kept thinking, man, what if we could be known for Jesus instead of that? Um, and so it just was in, in a lot of different ways, just a retooling of my heart, a retooling of my mind to just get to it, you know, we can bring the kingdom here and the Lord has given us what we need to do it. Um, so just really f- focusing in on that. Amen. Amen. Okay. So everybody who knows me knows I'm very introverted. So God took me 40 hours away from home to open me up more, uh, to come out of my comfort zone. Um, Cause we would walk around the campuses and pray for the people and talk to them, invite them to the English center where they can eventually go and know the one true God. And um, so he just, he opened up my heart to these people and he gave me a love like I've never had before. And um, he showed me that what I did in Indonesia, I can also do at home. Amen. (laughs) So I, I did it the first time, so I'll do it again. So when we were, when we got there, Pastor Zach's talking about Jamie. He was very energetic, very energetic for us being up, well, me being up for 40 hours. I, so, but he, he mentioned two things. He goes, you know, number one, you do not want to end up in an Indonesian hospital. Indonesians don't want to be in an Indonesian hospital. <laughs> and two, remember you're in Indonesia. And so we went to the village church Sunday morning, and then Sunday night they had KFC, which was not quite right in Indonesia. Um, so, so we had lunch, we had dinner um, on the second floor where they have their conference rooms and stuff like that. And they had this nice, beautiful glass wall, plexiglass wall, and all of the all of the sections of it had this nice frosted banner, except for one panel. And so they're in there, and I walk right smack into the glass panel. No starts bleeding. Luckily, it wasn't broken. No Indonesia hospital, you know, it stopped. <laughs> but so, but um, Melanie and I serve as um, the regional directors for Asia Pacific. And so if you're on the missions council or if you're a regional director, when your time, when we have missions trips to your region, I would definitely say go. Um, because it opens your eyes to what you're praying about, what you're communicating to them about. Um, and so on a lot of missions trips, you go, you build a church, build a school, and stuff like We went and we did what they do every day. Um, the prayer walking of the schools. There's a hundred universities in Georgia. It's a 
shortened version of it. So there's a hundred different universities, um, and they, it's a, their religion is engraved in them in their society. Um, and so I'm part of the DBS team, and our mission trip was supposed to be a week or almost a week and a half or whatever before we actually went, but it got changed. And I think it was God that changed it because I lost my dad two weeks before we went on the trip, and Tori lost her mom one week before we went on the trip. So if the trip had been when it was actually originally scheduled, we wouldn't have been able to go. Um, so what I took away from the mission strip is that the openness of the people over there is the same openness as people have here. The darkness over there in the mosque and as you see it in people's faces is the same darkness that's here. Um, so when Pastor Zach has mentioned before when he'd done the little rope thing, I think, um, that this life that we have right now, if you're a follower of Christ, it's the closest to hell that you'll ever be. But if you're a non-believer, it's the closest to heaven that you'll ever be. And to see those people day in and day out that I go to work with, um, that you see at Walmart, you know, to share God's word with them um, and to be on point, like Leon said, um, you don't have to be long, dramatic thing. You know, you just plant your seeds. Um, but that it's easy, it's not difficult. Yeah. And in America, you know, we have freedom of religion, but I do believe we take that for granted because we don't exercise it. We're too argumentative instead of loving. God wants us to be loving, not argumentative about everything. And to see how open they are in Indonesia, especially the girls over there, because, and Jamie said that it takes two years um, from the time that they start to the time that they make the commitment or tell their parents. And he emphasizes to them, tell your parents and your family when you're ready. And for one, he doesn't want it to be, oh, Jamie told me that I need to do this. Uh, he wants it to be their decision. And it's... And they will be, when they make that decision, it's very hard on their family. Um, fathers will marry off their daughters to a nice Muslim man to keep them from being a Christian. Um, so that's where I got out of it. Thanks, Tim. My name's Glenn, and my, uh, my wife, Jamie, and I went on the trip, uh, which was super cool. Uh, Jamie's, as Pastor Zach said, she's back in Kids Cove helping out today. Um, one thing that struck me about the trip was just um, how active prayer is. You know, we're, we're taught to pray unceasingly, and Pastor Zach's always encouraging us to abide. And, um, but it, and it's... It really struck me as we're there and doing it and prayer walking that it's, it's power. That there's a reason we're told over and over to be praying unceasingly and doing stuff. It, that this is God's spirit moving and working. Um, you know, as Tim said, we're, you know, this is a university town. The largest university is about the size of Purdue. It has 30 or 40,000 students and some of this hundred universities like have less than 100 students. But it's just so many students there. 
And when we went there, I was like, how are we going to use the Americans? I mean, you know, they've got other people who can prayer walk, and like, we flew a long way. How are we useful? And it's like, oh, we're like the spectacle. It's like, it's like, look, it's these crazy Americans who flew all the way around the world. Come over, check out the English Center, talk to them. And it, it was delightful. So I prayer walked with Glenn and Jamie, and so we're on one of the campuses with Glenn, and one of the Indonesians says, you know, you look like uh, Iron Man. Tony Stark, you look like Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we advertise. We come see Tony Stark at our English classes. Yeah, this, is, this is a confusion I encourage, but um, <laughs> it's not widespread. But um, so speaking of Iron Man, uh, so, so we, would, we would walk around the campus. We would pray as the spirit led. We would talk to folks. And, you know, of course, what do you talk to college students about? Um, you know, Marvel superhero movies. That's one of my passions. So, and then they all love that too. And so we talk about Marvel movies and, you know, invite them to come to the English Center where they can practice their English. And, you know, it starts with Marvel English, you know, superhero movies or whatever. And then at the English Center, I was talking with a young man and we were teamed up and going through this list of questions and, and they're pretty deep questions. Like, wow, these are pretty deep questions, but it really was working very well in the conversation. At one point he just said, he said, I'm broken. And I thought, wow, like his English is not good. Does he like, how does he mean that he's broken? And it's like, the way he meant he's broken is like, he's, he means he's broken. You know, his, his father has three wives his family drama is way off the charts. Uh, he's struggling economically. He's doing a taxi service on a motorbike, trying to put himself through school and make ends meet. And like, he's felt spiritually broken, you know? And m my wife connected with a young lady who had, you know, been struggling with temptations towards suicide. And like, mm -hmm. this is like real stuff. Uh, it's, it, it, was a, it was a deep connection that we were making with people. And, uh, and we could really feel the spirit of God moving there. And so then as we come back, I mean, you know, some of us have said, you know, uh, we needed Indonesia more than Indonesia needed us. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been a changing experience. And then with, when, when we're called to love our neighbor, you know, I know we're called to love our neighbor. You know, it's interesting if you think about the actual actions involved in loving your neighbor, two of them might include learning their name or ever talking to them. So as an American, that's not 100% something we always do with our neighbors. We're very busy. I've got four small kids and work that's very consuming. But, you know, as I go there and practice and focus on, you know, praying and connecting with people and talking about things that matter, you know, and Christ, uh, as I come back, it's like, yeah, uh, it doesn't matter how busy I am. It doesn't matter how much is going on. I need to also pray for my neighbor, also walk up to my neighbor, also learn the name of my neighbor, you know, and talk with them and share with them. And it can start with Marvel superhero movies and it can go on from there. So it, it's something that we've brought back with us and it's changed us and it was truly remarkable. Thanks, Glenn. Um, I think my biggest takeaway was um, the prayer on Mondays. I really didn't know what it was. I mean, I would come and I really didn't know what to say. So I would just pray, Lord, I don't know what to say. But when I got over there, I realized why we have global prayer on Mondays. Because it's, it's so important that prayer is more important than money. 
You know, you need prayer to be able to break down walls or to be able to just walk up to a person and listen to the Lord and say what the Lord gives you to say. That was just so amazing that we had divine appointments. Like, people really needed us. There was a place on campus where people commit suicide. Like, oh my God. Like, I mean, I just really felt like I needed to be there. Like, the Lord arranged for, you know, us to... to for me, I mean, I just can't think of another way, I mean, uh, another way that I could um, receive what I got from there. Like, it was just such an amazing experience, uh, just an eye-opener that I really know now that everybody deserves Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. I have never been so um, j- just aware of my surroundings, of people, of just being able to just pray for people on a day-to-day basis. Like, I don't know them, but it was just, I was just, it just, the Lord speaks, and I'm like, oh, okay, like, I didn't realize that he spoke to anybody other than Pastor Maddox. And I'm just like. (laughs) Thank God he does. (laughs) And I didn't realize that I was usable. Like, I don't have a degree in anything. I'm like, how can I be of use to someone as great as God. But since he can use anything, I'm like, Lord, you can use me. And so I'm like, Lord, I'm, a, I'm from the projects. I've, that's all I know. What can I do? What can you do with me? And I'm like, Lord, if you want to send me there, I'll go there. And so it's just been a, um, just a, a change that I didn't value the message of Christ that I mean, I, it was the analogy that he gave me was if I told you that that you can that there was a million dollars that someone was giving out a million dollars and all you had to do is tell them to go to this place, you would be on the phone and you would be telling everybody. That's how valuable the message of Christ is that he's more important than this million dollars that he would be handing out. And I was just so mind blown that I'm a crier when I get ready to get on the plane. I flew 15 hours at peace. And I'm just like, to me, that was such a miracle that I knew that when I got there, like, if he can do this, what else is he about to do? (laughs) (laughs) What else are you, what else does he have up his sleeve? And I'm thinking, oh my God, like, I don't, I'm I'm so new to all this stuff. So I'm just like, I'm just going from here to here to here. And I'm like, okay, God, okay, just tone it down. Like, Like, I mean, I was thinking I was going to be crying every day. I'm like, I just lost my mom. And I'm like, how am I going to go over here and witness to somebody else? I'm like, I'm broken. (laughs) I don't know what to say, but he just really gave me peace. Mm. And I'm like, Mm. oh, how do we, Pastor Maddox kind of like spraying on us. Oh, you're going to have to give a testimony. Well, (laughs) not really spraying on us, but it was like (laughs) the night before, are you going to speak tomorrow? I'm like, me? I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so I'm thinking my testimony about my mom, how could that help anybody? Mm-hmm. And so I get there, I, I give my testimony, I freeze up, I'm like, I don't know if I did okay, and I'm like, oh God, what can I say? And then I meet somebody, one of the crew members say, I had not grieved for my mom for four years until you gave your testimony. And I was just like, oh my God, she was so worth me going. Like, I wasn't as tired as I thought I was going to be, <laughs> but she was so worth it. Like just, Amen. just being able to meet her name is Teresa. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like hmm. it was just an amazing, 
just an amazing all over. Like, I will never be the person who went over there. The person who came back is so in tune, so wants her family saved, so wants to see my neighbors saved. Like, they deserve Jesus. And I'm, I want to pray for them. Amen. And I, want, I don't, I mean, the Lord doesn't allow me to treat my enemies like, like they treat me. I want to see my coworkers saved. And then my mindset is so different. Like, it's just so shifted. And I'm just like, I don't know. Can't contain it. <laughs> oh, man. Three years ago, first mission conference we held as, as Cheryl and I came to the church, Jeff Hartensfeld came, who is now the regional director for Asia Pacific, where we went. And one of the challenges he gave our body was, I would put before you that all of you would commit to trying to go on a short-term trip at some point in your life. And at the time, we didn't have rugged systems in place for that, but we do now. So I would put that before you again, having gone to the region where he serves as regional director, find a way to jump on one of the trips that we host. If you're a, a high school student, they host a local trip in the summer. Uh, if you're a high school senior, you've been a part of our youth group, then we send our high school seniors to Morocco. So make, make that a, a priority. Uh, youth to do that. And then young adults. We take a young adult trip every spring. Um, we'll, every, every March we go. Come be a part of the, the Young Adult Connect group. That's where we filter some more of those folks going that direction. We, we mean to invest in the body to, for the sake of mission. Uh, adult trips. So we just went to Indonesia a couple of years ago. We were in the Dominican Republic and we mean to just continue to visit the regions where we have workers. So next year we're looking to go to southern Russia. Uh, the following year to Zambia for a medical missions trip. So we want to do different emphasis, knowing that the, the, this body has been equipped for different reasons. So I just would put before you that there is something that happens that the Lord does in your heart on trips like that, and uh, would love for everyone to experience that at some point. So try to make that a priority. Uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to close with a, it's about a 10-minute video on the state of the mission. Um, so let's watch that, and then I'll just come up and dismiss this this morning.